Well, good morning. I'm so thankful you're here. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm excited about this week. Um, on, on Wednesday, it's going to be an incredible night with families in our church, and, and I hope that you make it a point to come. Andrew and Amber have this vision of, of this circus, and we're kind of shifting the narrative of Christmas because in many in our culture, Christmas is a circus. And uh, we're going to kind of shift that and point to Christ. It's going to be a lot of fun, so I hope that you uh, plan on coming Wednesday night. And then tonight, 4.30, if you're a, our, our children are doing a really cool thing. We're having a birthday party for all those that have come to Christ this year. And it's a spiritual birthday party at 4.30. Our Sunday night worship will be in here tonight, so I just want you to be aware of that. But, but we've, we're celebrating Advent, and, and a lot of our younger families have used these Advent blocks, which has been a really cool way to communicate the, the message of Christmas. They've essentially taken the, the story of Christ from Genesis all the way to Revelation, kind of focusing on, on that idea that Christ has come to dwell among us. And that's the message of Christmas. That's the, uh, Advent means the coming. It, it means a coming, the coming of Christ. That, that Christ came to the world. And that's one of the ways that we're celebrating Advent. In our house, we use candles, like these candles over here. And, and you know, the candles are important. Uh, they, they, they're symbolic. The, the center candle is the Christ candle. And traditionally in Advent, and what we do in our house is, we light a candle a week. Like last week, we talked about hope, the hope of Christmas. That's part of the Advent, that when Christ came into the world, he brought hope. The, the second candle is peace, that Christ came in the world bringing peace. I'm going to see if I can get this thing lit. I kind of dug on it while ago. Charlie, I don't think it worked. Uh, uh, I'm going to try one more second, and hey, it didn't work. But at your house, you ought to get a candle that works, and, and it has peace, okay? Um, but but the, the point is, we're to remember that peace has come into the world. It's like the shepherds that were out in the field, and those angels appeared. And in that dark night, glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to, has come peace on him who his favor rests, that those angels said to the, the shepherds. And, you know, peace is, a, is an important calling. It's an important um, truth revealed at Christmas time. And if you have your Bibles, we're in Romans chapter 5. Now, these passages that we're in, they're, they're part of our Bible reading. Again, I want to encourage you to... Um, to jump in with our Bible reading for the rest of the year. This is good practice. It's good discipline for us. As we turn our face next year, as 2024 starts, we're going to turn our face to the, the Gospel of John, and, and together we're going to read through the New Testament. If you're visiting today, this last year, we have challenged our church to read through the whole Bible together. And I want to encourage you to, to jump in with our Bible reading with us. It's on our app, and it's on our website. And and this, this week, we finished the book of Romans. And the book of Romans is a, a very impactful book. And it's not a traditional Christmas passage, but it, but it speaks to the peace that Christ brought to the world. Now, uh, Romans has is, is been uh, 
has a reputation of, of being connected to some of the most powerful conversions through history. Uh, Augustine was reading Romans 13 when God just got a hold of his life. And Augustine was arguably one of the greatest theologians through, through, of ancient history. Uh, uh, Martin Luther was reading Romans 1.17, and God grabbed a hold of his heart. Uh, and, and, and out of Martin Luther's walk with the Lord came the Protestant Reformation. My, one of my favorite old guys, dead guys, is uh, John Bunyan, who, who wrote Pilgrim's Progress. He was in that jail cell, and he was reading Romans, and that inspired Pilgrim's Progress. So the book of Romans is a powerful book. And in, in this Christmas season, season I, I, we're going to look at Romans 5. So turn to Romans 5. And, and I think in Romans 5, you, you get a real glimpse of the peace that Christ brings to us. Peace in, in all circumstances. Peace in the thick and the thin of life. Um, personal peace. Lasting peace. Real peace that has come to us. Peace that, were like, that was given to us. And it's powerful. So let's look at Romans 5. And we have a practice that uh, as we read the Bible, we stand in honor of God's Word. So let's stand together and let's, uh, let's read Romans 5. We're going to read Romans 5, 1 through 11. And, and let's pay attention to the peace that you see, the peace that has come to the world. Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we, we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of glory. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us that in this, that, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to, the God, to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And this is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, now let's, let's just state the obvious here. When, when Jesus entered the world, the whole world was able to experience peace. Think about that. It was the presence of Christ as he came to dwell among us that the world could experience this peace that was relational, that was God in the flesh. He came to dwell among us. And, and you know, it was, it's because of Christ 
dwelling in me that I experienced peace. That you and I experienced peace because Christ came to dwell not only among us, but in us. We know this, and, and, and it's Christ working in us, Christ giving me an experience with him. When, when Jesus entered the world, we got to have a flesh, in-person experience with God. And, and you know what? That's what happens to us right now. We can experience the Lord at work in our lives. Just We, we had a little simple experience with God recently. Uh, a few weeks ago, my wife, uh, I was hunting, and my wife texted me and said, I lost my wallet. She was at Smith Farm at shopping in some of those stores over there, and, and, and she had this little trendy little thingamajigger that she had her wallet in. And uh, she comes out of the store, and she forgot to zip it up, and, and, and she had her hands full with gifts for Conley. That's a new thing in our lives. We were buying gifts for our granddaughter, like, way too much. We're out of balance here. But, but, but you know, I'm just kidding. It's fine. I love buying gifts for my granddaughter, Emily. I think she's, you know, it's, it's very fun. But, but, but her wallet fell out of her thing, a jigger thing. And, and she doesn't realize it. She goes home. She can't find her wallet. She texts me. I'm in the woods, and I'm, like, getting text messages every, like, hour and a half. And, and I just get, have you seen my wallet? I don't know where my wallet is. And she went back up to the store. She traced her steps. Couldn't find it. She comes home. She gets on her knees. Lord, would you just move the heart of some really nice person to bring my wallet to my house? Because I, it's, I really would love to have my wallet. And she asked God for that. Well, you know what? About three hours later, she walks out the front door, and there at the doormat is her wallet. And she didn't even know when or who brought it, but there it was. You know, you know that's little. But that was a moment for Robin where she was like, God, thank you for just hearing me. You know what? If, if her wallet would have been lost and she had to go get a new license and all those things, her faith would not have been wrecked. She would not have doubted the Lord's presence and love for her. But it was just a little moment that God reminded Robin, I see you. And you, you know what? God sees you. Here's what Romans 5 points to, and I want you to catch this through the text here. That when Jesus entered the world, Jesus brings accessible peace. I want you to know the peace of God is accessible to you. Look at verse 1. It's so very powerful. It, it says this. It says, um, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, you know what justification is? That, that was that moment that you were made just like you never sinned. We are justified, like Rick just said when he was baptizing, not by a work, not by earning your way to heaven. You're justified by faith in Christ. 
You're made just like you never sinned the moment that you believed in Jesus. And that Christ came into the world so that you would know him and, and you, have access, you have access to God. And, and you've been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That, that God gives you access to him and in that access is very real peace. Very real relationship that God sees you. Through him, look at this, verse 2, through him we have also obtained access by faith. We've been justified by faith. We've been made right by faith. But we also have access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Grace is a gift that we've been given that we don't deserve. And we stand in this grace. And we have access to this relationship, access to God. And we rejoice in the hope of glory. You see, when Jesus entered the world, he gave us access to him. And in that access is peace. And peace became, access, peace became accessible because of this miraculous birth. I mean, Jesus entered the world in this miraculous way, folks. Isaiah, the prophet in chapter 9 that Joe talked about today, uh, a child would be born, a son would be given, and the government would be upon his shoulders, and his name would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of what? Peace. That we have access to God, we have peace with God. In Daniel, it talked, Daniel got these revelations of, the, of, this, of this Messiah coming, this, this king, this anointed one, and he would establish this kingdom on the earth, and, 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 and he, would, he would give us access to him. The kingdom of God would be something that you and I would get to, get to experience on this side of heaven. We'd get to experience this relationship with God that is real that's personal, that's knowable. Isaiah 53 points to this. He would be pierced for our transgressions. He would be crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brings us what? The punishment, Isaiah 53, the punishment that brings us peace would be on him, and by his wounds we would be healed. That's Isaiah 53, that, that, that Jesus came to bring us a real knowable peace. And that's why Luke 2.14, that, that moment with the shepherds and, the, and as they were out in the fields, the, the angel said in verse 14, glory to God on the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased, that, that Christ came bringing us real peace. His sinless life brought us peace. His sacrificial death brought us peace. Colossians 1.20 says this, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. See, Jesus came giving us this lasting, this very real personal peace. 
And then he didn't just die, though. He rose from the dead. He gloriously rose from the dead. And when you look at why Christ came into the world, that truly was the focal point of human history. And this is why we celebrate the advent, the coming of Christ, because he, he was born in a miraculous way. He lived this life that was incomparable. He, he, he died a substitutionary death, and he gloriously rose from the dead. And that's why look at verse 2 in Romans 5. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace that we stand. We stand on this, 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 this peace that God gives to us. We, and we rejoice in the hope of glory. Because this powerful Holy Spirit is in us. And look at what it does. Look at what it produces. Look at what the peace of God produces. Look at verse 3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. We can even have peace through trials, through difficulties in life, whether it's cancer or whether it's um, loss in life, whether it's difficulties that we face. Look, look peace is accessible. And we know that even difficult times, and, and this is the truth of, of God's Word, he, he doesn't keep us from difficult times, but in the midst of the storms, God gives us peace that's real. In the midst of, of, of suffering, God gives peace. And we recognize that peace is not a feeling, it's the foundation of our lives that the peace is, is a foundation for us. We can stand on this, this peace that God gives us. And, 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 and this, this, it's not just a feeling that you have. Feelings come and go, but, but peace comes because of real experiences with the Lord. And even just something little like God uh, providing somebody that just dropped my wife's wallet off or, or it's big moments that... that that God just comes and gives us real peace. You know, I, I experienced peace in a trial this weekend. You know, most of you, many of us know Steve Holloman, who's dear to me. I was even thought about him this morning as I pulled in the parking lot and Don Huggins is driving the bus to go to Baptist Village. That was Steve's job. You know, and I miss him. Um, just Friday night. Here we are gathering in this room when people are coming in and we're about to have a time where we remember Steve and, and I'm leading it. And I wanted to lead it. And I was right back there. And I, I, I was struggling. Mark Van Curen walks in. I go, I need you to pray for me. We walk over to the side, and he just prayed for me. It was like God just goes, all right. After that, I was like, okay, I'm ready. All right. See, in the midst of the storm, I want you to recognize that God doesn't keep us from storms. But God gives us peace. That's what God did for me. You know, peace is not theoretical. As a Christ follower, peace is normal. Peace is something that God gives to 
all who, who sit with the Lord. And, and I've found in my life, even in the midst of the storms, even in the midst of trials, when I really sit with the Lord, God just says, I'm, I'm with you. All right. Okay, Lord, I feel your strength. I, it's not a theoretical power. It's a real strength. This is what God does. This is what he brings to us, that, that answered prayer for us is normal. That's why I want you to learn to pray. That's why I, I, that we as a church must learn to pray, because answered prayer is normal. So often we live in our own power. We don't pray. We're asking God to bless our food, and you know, there's some food he doesn't bless because maybe that fried chicken, double fried chicken fried steak, fried bread, whatever, Maybe God's like, hey, I ain't blessing that. But look, when we lean into the Lord, he brings, he answers prayer. That's normal. Strength through trial is normal. Um, provision for needs is normal. Preparation for the future is normal. I want you to recognize that Jesus brings accessible Peace. He also brings guaranteed peace. Look at verse 5. There's this guarantee about our peace that and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who is given to us. Notice that. That hope's never hope in Christ. This peace that we have in Christ, this hope that we have in Christ, it will never put you to shame. So very powerful because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us, that we've been given the Holy Spirit who strengthens us, confronts us, walks with us, challenges us, um, corrects us, moves us, empowers us, and while for a while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. It's fascinating that in the, 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 the coming of Christ was the focal point of human history, so much so Galatians 4.4 says, when the fullness of time, had, <clears throat> excuse me, of time had come, God sent his son born of a woman born under the law. It was the perfect time for Christ to enter the world. We, we have some theories about why it was the perfect time, because Rome had conquered the world, so there had been Roman peace in the world. When, when Jesus said to his disciples, I want you to go to all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they could do that right then. Because Rome had established rule, peace. They had established law. They had built roads. So it was the perfect time for Christ to come, and it says right here that, 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 that look, the um, while, while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. The gospel began to spread all over the world to Asia, to, you know, Germania, which set the stage through history for, the, for to hop the pond, come to the United States. It wasn't the United States then. It was, you know, the history. The gospel spread and, and look, there's this guaranteed peace for, for at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though for a good, 
person one would even dare to die. It points to the fact that Christ came for the purpose of going to the cross for you to know God, for you to know salvation. And I want you to recognize this peace of God will never fail you. Hope will never put you to shame. And I just am fascinated at Romans 5.8. Look at 5.8. Look at verse 8. That's that famous verse. That despite your failures, you can have peace. Despite your mistakes, despite your flaws, you and I can have peace. For, but God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That, that look, God didn't just say he loved you. We've all had people in our lives that have maybe said, I love you, but didn't show us that he loved, they loved you. I hope that's not happened to you, but it's happened to many. God didn't do that. God demonstrated his love for you in this, that even though you were a sinner, Christ died for you. So God knew that Chris Wall would be ungrateful. He knew that I would be quick to disobey the Lord. That's why uh, my favorite hymn, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. That's my, that's my tendency. God knew that. And the grammar here in Romans 5.8 is so very insightful and so interesting. And, and it's such an interesting revelation because it says, notice this, God demonstrates or God shows present tense. He shows his love for you in this that even though you were a sinner, and then it points to the past tense, Christ died for you. So it's this interesting, I think, intentional grammatical revelation that God is constantly showing his love for you. He's constantly showing his love for you by his past dying for you. That's why it's important for us to look back at Jesus and look back at the advent of Christ and the birth of Christ, the, the life of Christ, the, the, the mission of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ. Because it brings us peace. In his presence, there's, there, there's grace. There's power in his presence that his presence provides real power. And that's where the peace is, that God would, would, would come and strengthen us and, and walk with us and, and be with us. And when he's with us, oh my goodness, that's why I want you to learn to daily sit with the Lord through his word. That's why it's so very valuable to be in the word of God. And because his, his word is powerful. His presence gives you power and that power produces peace. That, hey, Lord, you're with me. It's going to be okay. He'll lift our head. And see, that's what the coming of Christ has brought. That's what the advent of Christ has brought to us, that there is a, there's a guaranteed peace. There's also the coming of Christ brings this contagious peace. It's contagious when a world sees it, they, they go, oh my goodness, I got to have that. That's why Jesus, when, when he walked, people said, you, you have power. That's why these 
un, like Acts 4.13, these unschooled ordinary men like Peter and, and John, and, and they were like, man, you, uh, you have power. That's why these, the, this Roman soldier that Rick talked about as he baptized, that this Roman soldier that said at first was like, man, who, who are you guys? But they, there was this power in them. What must I do to be saved? Because a lost world's out of control. A lost world is searching for peace, struggling to find peace. And, and they rub shoulders with those that know Christ, that walk with Jesus and go, I need what you have. First Peter 3, 15 and 16, it's the, the, the results of this that always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. This is what it looks like to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. That's who Christians are. That's why when we walk with the Lord, we, we, we're contagious. I've already said that Advent means the coming. You realize the Bible speaks to a second coming. There's going to be a second Advent. Jesus was crystal clear on this, that there is a second Advent where, where Christ will come back to the world. And you can't look at the first coming of Christ without considering the second coming of Christ, especially in the time that we're living. Oh, I hope you read our Bible reading today. Oh my goodness, today we read 1 Thessalonians 4. If you haven't read that today, go read our reading today. It points to the fact that, 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 that the coming of Christ, the second advent, will be like birth pains. Okay, let's think about this. Now, I don't know when, no one knows the, the day or the hour that Christ will return, you ought to run from every leader that says, I, know, I can tell you the day or hour when Christ returns. That's a liar. But let me tell you something. It's fascinating that our reading today pointed to the second coming of Christ like birth pains. You know, in our family, we're, there's birth conversations happening around our table. Because Emily is great with child. I'm so sorry, Emily, I owe you five bucks today. But uh, as an illustration today. But, but you know what, this week, we're seeing, you know, you see the, our, our grandson. There's an eminent coming of our grandson. Well, well folks, we look at the second advent and here we are as we read our Bible, as we look at the time in history where we live, and I'll tell you what, for the, like right now, you can see the evidence. We live at a time in history where when the disciples did, go, when the disciples got the charge, go to all nations. We could go to all nations in the matter of hours. We can, we can have a news conference and broadcast all over the world in a matter of seconds. We live at a time when the Bible speaks of global destruction. We live at a time that we go, yeah, I think that's actually possible. The disciples didn't know that possibility when they got that revelation. And they knew it was coming. We live at a time when the birth pains 
are actually happening. Matthew 24. You know what this produces in us as a Christian? It produces this urgency. That's what it should produce in us. Now, a lost world looks at these, these discussions, they get all nervous. And we might a little bit too. We might get a little nervous as Christians, especially if you're not walking with the Lord right now. If you're like coasting in your faith, let me tell you something, this is not the time to coast in our faith. This is why as a, we're trying to be very intentional as a church to walk with the Lord closer than ever, to be bolder than ever with the gospel, to be, to be more focused than ever as a church. Um, we put real thought into this. The Bible moves us to this urgency. But, but as a follower of Christ, we have this, when we really sit with the Lord, we get this Revelation 20 to 20 kind of peace. I'm going to remind you what Revelation 20 to 20 says. It talks about that's the culmination of history, the, the coming of Christ into the world. And, 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 and John ends that book with, he who testifies to these things, surely I am coming soon, amen. And then John writes, come Lord Jesus. And when we sit with the Lord, we, as believers, we say, come, Lord Jesus, come, come back. A lost world gets nervous with that, but a Christian says, Lord, I long for you to come back. But in that comes this urgency. Look at verse 10. For if while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. You see, we were made right. We were reconciled. We were once enemies of God. Now we, are, we have favor of God. And, and this is something we, must, we, we don't ever get over. We, we don't ever uh, get enough of the, of, the, of, the, of the praise of the Lord because he's forgiven you and me. And this is why it's important for us to remember how Jesus saved us. And this moves us to this urgency, this, 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 this contagious call to let the world know that Jesus came for you too. That, that, that we are to be witnesses to the world for unto us, a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. It's Christ that we go to for counsel. It's Christ that we go to for wisdom. It's him that we go to for understanding. He's the Wonderful Counselor. He's the, um, the Mighty God. He is the mighty king, the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the one who gives us real power, real strength, real hope in life, real hope in death. He's the everlasting father. Eternity is real. And though I, I grieve today the loss of a man that I've been honored to run beside honored 
me tell you something. He's, he's received the gift of eternal life because the God who entered the world is the everlasting Father. And he's the Prince of Peace. And this is why I pray you look to Jesus, that you recognize that peace is found in the presence of God. You and I have access to the presence of God. The peace the world's looking for is in the presence of God. And that's why it's right for us on Wednesday to turn the circus into a point that Jesus came. Peace is found in the presence of God. Peace is experienced in the plan of God. That we can rest in the plan of God and the, and the, and the way he works in us, the way he confronts us. Peace is confirmed when you trust the Lord. And we've learned that wisdom, that Proverbs wisdom. It's famous. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. And we live in a world that the narrative needs to shift on Christmas, and we, it's right to point the world to the advent. Christ came, and he, he dwelt among us. He lived among us. He gave us access. He gave us a relationship that guarantees peace. And this is what the world is looking for. Oh, let's... Let's walk with the Lord. Turn to the Lord. Seek the Lord. Don't miss the Lord this Christmas. Josh is going to come and we're going to have an invitation. And you know, um, maybe you need to, maybe there's things you need to pray about. And maybe you may go, ah, you know, it's little. Maybe like a wallet. Ah, oh, that's little. God doesn't care about those things. Let me tell you something. God sees you and calls us to pray specifically. Now, I'll tell you what. If you can learn to trust the Lord in the little things, it'll be easier for you to trust the Lord in the big things. Maybe, the, maybe the, the error that you've been like stumbling on is you're not trusting the Lord in the little things. You know, I'm so thankful for my wife. I mean, I'll be honest with you. There have been times she's prayed for things. I'm like, I got, we're, uh, you know, yeah. she prayed over my son's wedding. It was like 150, it felt like, that July day. And she's like, Lord, I'm praying for some rain today. It hadn't rained in weeks. 
<laughs> it's so funny. And I'm praying with her, and I'm thinking to myself, honey, you're so sweet. It's going to be hot. And we're going to trust the Lord through the heat. That's what I was, I was thinking, and I said to her, I said that to her. I said, honey, it's okay. We're, we, we're going to trust the Lord through the sweat. It's going to be good. And by golly, I preached the wedding. We had a wedding and a reception here. And on the way back here, um, that July uh, day, I can't remember the day. What day was it, Emily? Whatever. 14th, July 14th, thank you. Um, this massive storm rolled in. And so I dropped Robin off. And I literally parked right over here, ran about 30 feet, and was so drenched wet that I was wet the whole night everywhere. I had rashes that were outstanding. And it was like God going, Robin didn't get wet once. And God was like, I answered the prayer of your wife. And it was just a reminder. And, I, and the Lord and I laughed about that. And I said, I'm sorry. But God's faithful with the little things. And he reminds me of that all the time. And that helps me. Because on Friday night, that was a big thing. And Mark, when you prayed with me, um, that helped me. And so, let's remember that God brings peace that's real. We're going to have a prayer team. We have people that will pray with you. And let's not miss this moment. I want our prayer team to go around the room, if you would. Would you do that right now? There's men and women around here, and we'd love to just pray with you. And um, let's stand together and not miss this moment. Lord Jesus, I love you. I thank you for the real peace that you bring. I pray that you would teach us to bring the big and the little things to you. And I pray you'd move us right now. We don't want to miss this moment. We love you, Jesus. In your name, amen.